0: Did you know that you can make more money per hour from your retail sales than from your treatments and services? Wait, what? Yep, it's Retail Week here across all of Salon Business Secrets and the Beauty Business Podcast. And today's episode here right now is a mini masterclass in getting your retail sales rocking again in your beauty business. Whether it's something you've let slip since coming back from lockdown or whether it's something that you've never quite made a priority before. Well, you will now. Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little, and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly, and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner dedicated to helping you grow your business to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm gonna help you transform your business starting today. Hello, Adam here, and welcome along to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now, it's a special episode today, not only because I'm going to show you how to make retail a serious part of your beauty business strategy, but because today is the last episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. The last episode to have double digits in the title, that is. Yes, it's episode number 99. And who would have thought back in 2016, when I first figured out how on earth to upload a podcast to Apple iTunes and typed in BBP001, that I'd be here poised and ready to enter BBP100 a whole hundred episodes later. So what should we do for episode 100? It feels like we should do something a little bit special. And well, I was wondering what to do. So I asked the people in my group coaching program and what they did was they upvoted. Um, If you're familiar with that, they upvoted the fact that I should tell my story, all the bits of my story that I've never really shared before. Things like how I ended up in the beauty industry, the unusual places that I found myself working over the years, and some of the characters and people that I have met and worked with along the way. You know, sharing all the challenges as well as the wins, the stuff outside of the things that I've kind of shared strategically in the podcast before. Now, I'm up for doing it, but it does seem a little bit narcissistic to spend an entire episode talking about just me. So what I thought I'd do was I would put a twist on it and I would get you listeners, get all of you to interview me for the episode. So what I'm doing is I'm throwing episode number 100 over to you in a kind of ask me anything at all sort of deal. Now, it can be a business related question if you want it to be, or it can be something about my story. So for example, if you want to know about the band that you will have heard of, that I was almost a member of, or the time I got trapped on a paradise island for three weeks, or what about when I found myself occupying an office on the 18th floor of the world's most luxurious hotel? Whatever it is you want to know, whether it's rumor or fact, ask me those questions. You ask and I will answer. Now, all you have to do to ask a question is record me a message by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash question. Now, when you go there, that's going to take you to my SpeakPipe page where you can record me a message using your computer or smartphone, just like leaving me a voicemail. It's really easy to do. So that's beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash question. Remember to tell me who you are and whereabouts in the world you are and what your question is. And if it's even remotely appropriate, I will play your question on next week's episode and answer it myself. Okay, so that's that bit of housekeeping done with. So how are you? How's your week going? You know, would it be better with a little bit more money in your cash register or your PayPal account or your Stripe or bank account? Hmm, would it? Great, because all of this week, I've declared it retail week across all of my platforms from Salon Business Secrets, all the way through my social platforms, right here to this very podcast. Now, today I am taking you on a fast track mini masterclass to making retail a serious part of your beauty business strategy. I'm going to explain exactly why this is something that you need to have in place to assist with your success and the success of your clients. I'm going to show you how to get set up for sales. I'll shift your mindset on selling retail. If that's something that, you know, conjures up slightly negative images for you. And I'll even share with you some simple promotion ideas to bring in some big sales and some more money fast, as well as then how to leverage your social media to really make things take off big time. So, There's quite a lot to cover today, so let's get started. Strap yourselves in, grab something to take notes on, unless you're driving a vehicle or operating any heavy machinery that is, and let's get going. So first of all, why retail? Well, selling retail product, it's not the thing that I normally talk about, is it? So why have I suddenly decided to dedicate a whole podcast episode, indeed a whole week of training to it? Well, for a start, it's not that I think retail isn't important. In fact, if you look, I already have several whole podcast episodes dedicated to it. I even have written a few articles about it. So I don't just think that having a retail strategy is important. I actually think it's an essential for any beauty business and even more so in the times that we're living in right now. But why exactly? Well, first and foremost, it makes financial sense, which is something you should be interested in as a business owner. Now, generally speaking, as a service-based beauty business owner, you and your team trade your time for money, right? What I mean by this is that you earn money when you're performing whatever treatment or service that you perform for or on your clients, be that lash extensions, massage, Reiki, facials, permanent makeup, brows, manicures, pedicures, nails, whatever it is that you do. So given that there are only so many hours in the day, well, then there are only so many treatments that you can perform. Now, there's a generally recognized upper limit to what you can charge for a treatment, unless you reach, you no know, celebrity status where you can charge whatever the hell you want, which would be great. But for the vast majority of us, there's some sort of upper price range. So at some point, no matter how busy you are, even if you're charging premium prices for all of your treatments, you're going to kind of max out. However, bring retail products into the equation, and that's no longer necessarily the case. So let's say you perform a 60 minute facial on a client and you charge... for that facial. So $150 an hour, not bad. Now, realistically, you could probably perform, let's say six of these a day. If you had clients, you know, back to back. So six times 150 is $900, not bad at all. But let's say you sold a $50 retail product to each of those clients. That's another $300 per day. And it probably only took you around five minutes per client to do it. Now that's a total of 30 extra minutes across those six clients to make an extra $300 or put another way, $600 per hour. Wait, what? Yes. Like I said at the start of the episode, you could be making more money per hour from retail, from your treatments. you thought I was kidding. Now, what if you didn't just sell one product to each client? What if they really wanted your help to improve their skin in this case, and you sell them a whole product regimen that could be worth $500 or $800 or even over $1,000? You know, do that for even every other client that you see, and you're talking some really serious money. And what's more, for the right client, selling an entire product regimen or product range actually takes about the same amount of time, in fact, often less time than it takes to sell one single product. So unlike your treatments and services, your retail sales options are to some extent unlimited. So there's no more maxing out your earnings in a day. Now, next up on my why retail list is that it makes psychological sense. Now, this might be news to you, but your clients don't come to you for the treatment or the service you provide. They come to you for the thing that's on the other side of it. You know, if you perform massage, then they are looking to be relaxed or to have their pain eased. If you're a skincare specialist, they're looking for better skin. If you're a nail tech, they're looking to feel a certain way as a result of how their nails look and make them feel. So basically, your clients are coming to you with some sort of problem that they want help with. So by performing the treatment or the service on them, you were giving them some sort of immediate assistance or immediate relief with that problem. But how long is that actually going to last? So what if you were able to recommend a product or a selection of products that can help them to continue to help themselves with their problem or challenge when they are at home to get longer lasting results, to get better results, to get quicker results, or to save them time or money in the future and further down the line? Now that is helping your client beyond when they're just in your salon or clinic. That's providing your recommendation actually works, that is. You know, then not only will your client associate you with helping them actually solve their problem, but every time they see or use that product, they'll be reminded of you so that the next time they need a massage or a facial, who are they going to come to? Or the next time they're talking to someone... And they're asked about where they got their brows done or or their eyelash extensions, you know, who are they going to recommend? So looking at retailing from a psychological point of view, then it makes sense that having this as a key part of what you do helps your clients, helps you establish yourself as an expert, and it will bring you in referrals and new clients too. Now, finally, from a customer service point of view, retail makes customer service sense. Now, we've just talked about the psychology of retailing as a way to provide a better service for your clients. But did you know that 57% of clients that visit a beauty business expect to purchase something? Yep. Clients of hair salons and beauty businesses were surveyed and 57% of them said they expect to purchase something on top of their treatment or service during their visit. And what's more, 36% of beauty clients said they would be disappointed not To have at least been offered something to buy upon their visit. So, put another way, that's slightly more than one third of all your clients that are leaving your salon feeling disappointed because you didn't sell them anything, you didn't offer them anything. So, now who thinks that selling is a negative thing? Now, you're actually doing your clients a disservice then by not suggesting products that can help them in some way or that they may be interested in for another reason that they may just like or that they may see a secondary benefit from. Now, before we go any further here, when I'm talking about retailing, when I'm talking about selling, I'm not suggesting that you randomly select a product from the shelf or from the stalker cupboard and you simply try and flog it to the client for the sake of selling something. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly caring about your client, asking them questions to find out what challenges or struggles or pain points that they are having with their skin, with their hair, with their health, with their nails, with their back, with their sleep, with their anxiety, their whatever. And if you have a product or a suggestion that can help, then why would you not tell them about it? I mean, you want happy clients. You want to offer a great service. You want a successful business. And from all of these points of view, then retail makes sense. Okay. So now you know why retail makes sense for you to make a huge part of your business strategy. Where do you actually get started? Well, like I just mentioned there, for some, the idea of selling, I'm doing kind of the inverted commas, air quotes thing there, or the word selling comes with some slightly negative connotations around it. Now, selling can often conjure up images of like secondhand car salesmen, you know, pushy people on the phone, trying to be all falsely friendly to start off with before they try and pivot and sell you a better mobile phone deal or some, you know, new energy plan. Now, essentially, I'm talking about the negative side of selling when it comes to people just trying to convince you to buy something that you didn't really want in the first place. Now, suffice to say for the purposes here of this episode, indeed, actually, whenever I talk about retailing or selling in this context, I'm referring only to selling as offering product suggestions to your clients based on your knowledge about them, because you genuinely believe that your suggestion can help them with something, or you think they'd enjoy or get benefits from it for some other reason. So, I'm really talking about serving here, not necessarily selling. And that's what we're focusing on. So the very first thing about retail done right is to really shift your mindset on this. You know, if you or one of your team have a negative mindset around retailing, then that's going to show through, you know. So go back and remind yourself about the stats that I shared earlier on. Remember, most clients not only expect to purchase something when they visit a salon or spa or a clinic, but one third of them would be disappointed and let down if they didn't come away with something. Now, your clients want help when it comes to the products that they use. So be the expert that you are. Do your job and offer your suggestions. So naturally, one of the most important things to have before you start implementing your retail strategy is great products. Now, hopefully the reason that you chose the product range that you offer is because you either love it or you believe in the results that it offers. Now, if that's not the case, or even if you don't have a product retail range yet, well, it's time to get that sorted. Because retelling anything becomes so much easier when you believe in the product itself. And this is true for your team as well. If your team don't believe in the product that you are asking them to recommend to your clients, then that's going to come through and their results will not be as good as they could or should be. Now, more often than not, when this happens, it's because your team are not using the products themselves. Now, I've worked with quite a few salons and spas where the product range that's being used is possibly out of the price range of the therapists or the estheticians that's working there. So what do you do to encourage and make it easier for your team to use and fall in love with the products that you offer? You know, take on board any feedback that they have too, so that they're involved in the process. And I guarantee you that this one shift will offer a profound effect on their ability to retail more and make more money from it and make it easier as well. But obviously just using the products themselves isn't necessarily going to be enough. And there's always the very real chance that your team are not your clients. You know, your clients could have requirements that your staff don't. So simply having your team use the products isn't really an option. So then next up is product knowledge, but a very specific type of product knowledge. Now this comes in three parts, benefits, technical knowledge, and use. Now I worked years ago with a product brand that made their therapists going through their product training diligently learn every single ingredient of every single product so that the therapists would have the very best product knowledge. But they missed out one very important part of this process. Yes, their graduates of the training program could recite ingredients and their complex chemical reactions and relationships between them all, but not actually what those ingredients did for the client in basic terms that they could understand. You know, people don't actually care about the number of amino acids or lemongrass oil in a product. They care about what it's going to do for them and how it's going to help them. So first of all, benefits. Okay, this is an overall understanding of the product, what it will do for your clients and what problems it helps with. Then you've got technical knowledge. So based on the overall benefits, what specific ingredients does the product have to support those benefits? And how does each one work to help the client with their problem? And don't overwhelm people here. Just pick a couple of them that apply most specifically to that client and focus on them. And finally, use. How should the product be used? How much should be used? What alternative uses does it have? Or what different ways can it be used? And how long is it going to take to see whatever results um, are promised? And of course, what the price of the product is. Now, as much as you'd love them to be, your staff are not robots. They can't remember everything and you don't want to make them feel that they should know something if they don't. Now, remember the goal here is better sales for all the reasons that we've talked about earlier on. So make sure that you and your team know where to go when you have a question. You know, clients are always going to come up with a question you've never thought of before clients are really wonderful like that. So get your staff to question themselves, you know, use this very three-part product knowledge formula to help you with this. So do you and your team know the benefits, the technical knowledge and the usage of all your products, you know, make it into a fun game, you know, have pop quizzes in the morning briefings or your team meetings, do little role plays, you know, the more you make it fun, the more you'll all learn and the more you'll then want to share this with your clients. Now, finally, before you start doing all of this and making retail a part of your whole business strategy, you need to know whereabouts you are right now. Okay. You need a simple way to measure your own and your team's performance, both against each other and over time so that you can see the improvements that you're making. Now, there's a number of different ways to measure your retail performance, but I'm going to suggest my go-to favorite way to measure this, which is called retail to service revenue performance. Now, essentially what this does is it compares the amount of revenue that you or a member of your team have generated or sold in treatments and services compared with the amount of retail product revenue that they've also generated. Now, this is really easy to calculate and it's got a number of benefits too. Number one being that it's really easy to calculate. You know, this is important, not only because it's difficult to get wrong, but it also means that you might actually do it. Also, a lot of software systems should calculate this for you. And it's again, very difficult to get wrong, so I don't worry about that too much. Number two, it means you can compare different members of staff and different working patterns from week to week. Because it's based on the amount of service revenue and therefore services that you've performed or your member of staff has performed, it takes into account things like part-time versus full-time and busy weeks versus quiet weeks. So how do you actually work this out? Really easy. So first of all, you need to pick a time frame to work with. Doesn't matter what it is, so long as it's always the same period of time. Now, my advice is to do this weekly okay you decide whether that's monday to sunday or whatever works for you just as long as you always use the same time span so let's say last week you performed treatments to the value of 2650 pounds so you generated 2650 pounds in service or treatment revenue and in that same time frame you happen to sell products to the value of 450 pounds so what you do is you divide your retail sales figure which is 450 pounds by your treatment revenue figure which is 2650 pounds so 450 divided by 2650 gives you a figure of 0.169 now all you do then is you multiply that by 100 to give you a percentage and you get 16.9% okay so your service to retail performance for last week was 16.9% now let's say in that same period of time one of your part-time staff did 1345 pounds in services and sold £265 worth of retail products. Now, do the same calculation for them, and they get 19.7%. So even though your team member is part-time, you can compare the two figures directly as indicators because they're based on service revenue and they're a percentage. So what's more is if you measure this week after week and you keep track of it, you can actually show the improvements in retail sales for you and each member of your team that they're making as you implement everything that I'm with sharing with you in this episode. So a great action point for you after you finish this episode or when you're next in your business is to start yourself a way to track these figures, even if it's just you and your business for now and work out your retail to service percentage for let's say last week and the week before. So you've got a couple of figures to start with. Now, if you do have a team, do the same for them as well and make sure you've got a place to store this. Now, when it comes to measuring metrics to help improve your business... Well, it's no secret that that's what I'm all about. You can't argue with the numbers as far as I'm concerned. Now, measuring your metrics is an essential business skill for the successful business owner, but without quality software and systems in place, this can consume a large amount of your time. And that's just one reason that I've recently been really, really impressed with Timely Software and the speed and the flexibility of their reports and their analysis tools. So much so... That we've teamed up and they are sponsoring this episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. Now, Timely is the world's smartest appointment booking software system, helping beauty and wellness businesses around the world to better manage their time, their sanity, and their ability to generate more revenue. Now, Timely is a powerful booking and business management software system. It's loved by over 40,000 customers globally. It works for businesses of any size and any ambition, and it will grow along with your business aspirations too. It's been designed to help you save hours on admin, designed to deliver exceptional client experiences and established a much loved brand, as well as growing your revenue too. It's got clever tools built in like Consult to help protect your business, protect your team and your clients. And Timely is an essential tool for running your business efficiently and effectively. And the great thing is they don't stand still either. With over 500 software updates every single year, Timely works really closely with the industry to ensure it's creating innovative solutions to help elevate the whole industry and constantly provide more value to business owners. Now, Timely also works beautifully with products that you probably already use, things like iZettle, Zero, QuickBooks, MailChimp, Square, LayBuy, and more. So if you've been thinking about making the switch from pen and paper, or you want to test drive a new software system, visit beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash timely, or click the link in the podcast description to start a free 14-day trial on Buzz. They don't do contracts or tie-ins or hidden fees or anything like that, just straight up, easy to understand, transparent pricing. And because they are such lovely people, the Timely team has an exclusive offer for you listeners of today's episode, where you can get 50% off Timely no matter what plan you join on for the first couple of months. All you need to do is use the promo code BBP50 for Beauty Business Podcast 50, BBP50 when you sign up. So now we've covered why you should embrace the retail sales in a big way and how to get yourself set up for success. What comes next? Well, so often beauty business owners make retail sales really complicated for themselves and they build it up into some big scary thing when actually it can be really simple. So let's get into my retail made easy portion of this masterclass. So let's look at some easy wins to help you get up and off and running quickly with your retail sales and get some of that wonderful money flowing in. So first of all, show them what you've got, okay? People are going to struggle to buy what they don't know that you sell. It seems like the most obvious advice in the world, but that's what you're doing if you aren't showing your clients what you sell and maximizing your retail displays everywhere you can. Now, it's vital you have a retail display. It doesn't need to have everything on it, but simply the fact that you have a retail display confirms in your client's minds that you sell retail products and it starts that thought process off for them. Now, obviously, if you can display all the products you sell, great, but that doesn't mean cram everything onto one shelf because it's the only place you have. Now, sometimes less really is more. Now, you have to make your products visually appealing. And I like to think of it like, a high-end meal in a restaurant. So if you've ever been to a really, really good restaurant, they don't absolutely fill your plate with food because they think you're paying lots of money and you want loads of value, so they just kind of stack it all on there. No, it's actually the opposite. There's loads of space on there so that each individual thing can stand out on its own. And you need to do the same. You need to make your products stand out by allowing them to have their own space to shine. And also, remember, you can have multiple smaller displays. You know, any shelf, any surface, any ledge, can hold a small retail display. And in fact, separating products out like this and placing them all around your salon or your spa subtly keeps reinforcing that idea in your client's minds that you sell retail products, which can actually work better in some settings than having one great big huge retail display or shop area. Also, remember the old adage, eye level is buy level. You know, place your retail displays directly in the sight line of your clients to stand that best chance of grabbing their attention. Also, remember that people are not always standing up in your salon or spa. So the height and the placement of your retail displays also needs to vary too. Now, how you actually arrange your products is definitely an art form. And it's why some people make a very, very good living creating retail displays for shops and department stores. Now, remember you're going for appealing. So remember to use your artistic eye to create an appealing layout or display that entices your clients in. But if you're like me, and that whole artistic eye thing slightly escapes you, then there are loads of tricks like the rule of three, or using a theme, or even equal spacing if all else fails. Now, if you want more ideas, there's loads of ideas on Pinterest for creating beautiful retail displays of all types. And if you want some more advice on this from an expert, then check out episode 63 of the Beauty Business Podcast, Creating a High Sales Retail Display, where I'm joined by Sarah Ronchetti from Temple Spa, and we dive into this topic in much more detail. But having an enticing retail display isn't of itself going to get you all the sales you want. So on top of showing people what you have, you next need to give them what you've got. Now, you've got to do what I just explained about in point one and show them what you've got to get the point across to your clients that you have retail products available to buy. But did you know that the average person is exposed to something between 4,000 and 8,000 adverts for some sort of product in some sort of form every single day? So as consumers we've become a little bit product blind. You know, unless we have a burning, desperate desire for a product or for a solution to a problem that we have, we simply don't have the time or the headspace to take notice of everything and research every alternative to everything that's suggested to us as the product that we might like or, you know, bring us some benefit or something like that. But fortunately, here in the beauty business, we've got a secret weapon, product samples. Now, product samples used correctly are an extremely powerful sales tool. Now, clients, for a start, love product samples because it allows them to try something and discover something and experience something new. But it's not just that. You see, if you've made a recommendation to someone, then the product sample allows you to demonstrate the quality of your product, maybe not the results in such a small quantity, but if you say one thing that turns out to be true about their experience of the product sample, then it stands to reason that the bigger claims that you've made about the results of the product itself over the longer term will also be more likely to be true. So giving away a product sample to a client also builds goodwill. It's a powerful statement to say, hey, I think this will help you. Give it a try without it costing you anything. And once again, done correctly, using product samples carefully and strategically can invoke something called law of reciprocity. Okay. now don't get me started on the fact that this isn't actually a law. But nevertheless, it has been heavily suggested by various studies that if you give something or do something for someone else without being asked, they feel some level of obligation to at some point return that gesture. So by making a recommendation and supplying a sample, so long as the client's experience with it is positive, then they are far more likely to then purchase that product again on their next visit. That's because they want to reciprocate your gift of the product sample. And they'll also be more likely to be receptive to any further recommendations that you make for them in the future. So one or two carefully placed carefully thought out product samples can lead to a hugely increased sales for that client further down the line. So long as they remain a loyal client and they keep coming back to you visiting more and more often. Now, if you've noticed here, I've continually said something like make a recommendation and provide a sample or use product samples strategically. Now I've done that for a reason. Simply handing out samples to clients randomly will not work and it will end up costing you a fortune in product samples, even if your product house supply them for free. If you keep throwing product samples at clients like confetti, they'll soon start charging you, believe me. Plus, without careful thought, randomly just boasting samples onto your clients actually displays the opposite. It displays a lack of thought, a lack of caring, and it sends a message more of, hey, I just want to get you to buy something, anything, rather than, look, I've specifically thought of this product and I think it will help you. Here's a sample. So when offering product samples, you should sell them in just the same way as you would sell A full price product. In fact, offering a product sample is kind of a great fallback offer to make to a client if you've made a recommendation to buy a product and the client has decided not to buy it. You know, it softens the fact that they've said no to you. And if you then say, you know what, client, here's an example of that XYZ product for you to try. Let me know what you think. You know, the client sees A, that there's no hard feelings. They see the fact that you really feel this product will help them and it's reinforced the law of reciprocity because you've made a recommendation, which the client has then rejected. And then you come back with a further offer on top of that to help them. So that's now two things they need to reciprocate for. So absolutely use product samples to your benefit, but learn to use them strategically and effectively. And also remember to follow up on them. You know, your retail sales will be that much more successful if you follow up on your sample handouts. Okay. Once again, it shows your client's that you are professional. It shows that you're on the ball and you care enough about them to follow up and value their thoughts and feelings. And you want to hear what they are. Now, number three, then control what you've got. Now, there's not a lot of point in putting all the hard work into successfully recommending a product or a range of products to a client to get them on board inside your treatment room, only to then come out and find you don't have any of those products in stock when you go to the stock cupboard or wherever you keep your products. Now, let me tell you, Doing this is a surefire way of putting in all of that hard work to then have the client go and buy that hard recommended product from somewhere else. And once they've made that purchase elsewhere, that's where they're going to associate both the buying process itself and the solution that was provided. It's no longer on you. So when they want to buy more of it, it's likely they're going to go to that same source. So making sure that you have whatever it is you're selling is really crucial to making the whole process work. Now, part of this is on a daily basis, having a bit of a working knowledge of what you do and what you don't have in stock. That's always going to be a benefit. But on a longer term retail sales strategy growth level, then it's important that you're 100% on top of your stock control. Now, this can sound a bit daunting. You know, I've had spa managers and salon owners nearly faint on me when I've suggested we talk about stock control. But in reality, all this simply means is making sure that you have adequate amounts of the products that you actually sell. Now, the great news here is, again, most quality salon and spa management systems have some sort of stock control built in. You know, it's a very simple thing to do, and it really just comes down to taking a small amount of time to run through the products that you have and deciding how many of those products that you should have in stock at any one time. Now, you can do this based simply on your knowledge, or you can get strategic about it, and you look can look at your past sales and see how many of each ones you sold a month and stuff like that. Then your software systems or this can be done on a spreadsheet if you want, they will alert you when you need to order order more of something when you sell that last one that takes you below your minimum stock holding. Now, you can supplement this with a once a month stock check and stock control shouldn't take up more than a couple of hours a month at most. But knowing you have all the stock that you need, you can always maximize your retail sales and that's going to make you a lot more money. Now, everything I've suggested here forms the basis of your retail strategy. Okay. That's what I really want you to develop. This is going to be different for every salon, every spa and clinic, but just a small amount of planning and a bit of forethought can lead to some huge changes and some big profits too. Now your retail work here is never done either. Just because you sell a product to a client, that's not your job done. You know, you need to check in with that client. You need to understand when they should have used that product up and then contact them about purchasing some more. You know, contrary to a common belief, this is not badgering your client to buy more product. This is actually helping them to ensure they don't run out. You know, how often have you run out of something that you use once a day, say in your you know morning routine? Usually, you know, you think to yourself, oh, I must remember to order more of that thing. But then, you know, you get caught up in the day and you forget all about it until the next morning when you go through that same process. Damn, I must remember to order more of this, whatever it is. So imagine how happy you'd be if the shop or the website or the salon that you purchased, whatever it was from, contacted you and said, hey, we think you might be running out of that amazing serum that you purchased. Would you like to reorder some? Just, you know, reply to this email, just click this button, send me a text message or whatever it is, and I'll send you some out. How value would you feel as a client if that happened to you? How grateful would you be? So that's how to make your life much easier when it comes to starting out and making retail a serious part of your business strategy on a day-to-day basis and you should, by the way, because if I haven't mentioned it already, I'm not sure if I have, um, the average salon can boost their overall revenue by 22% simply by adopting a simple and effective retail strategy. Okay, so that's the day-to-day stuff covered. Master this and you will see results coming in straight away and increasing over time as you get more and more comfortable with it. But what about taking advantage of some of the promotional opportunities to make some really big sales all in one go? Well, it's time for some easy retail promotions. Now, first up, online promotions. Now, wait a minute. Before we get into that, if you really want to make selling retail products a serious part of your business strategy in today's world, and by now, I hope I've made you realize that you should, then you need to have an online retail store. Okay? No questions. Or at least you need the ability for your clients to buy your products on your website or via a link from your website super easily. Now, all of that hard work that you put into getting them to use your products in the first place will pay off big time if you can make reordering them a breeze. And these days, there's really no excuse not to have a retail store online. Now, many spa and salon softwares, again, have some sort of online retail capability. So you may already have this option available to you and you're simply not using it. And if your software doesn't offer this, then there are several easy, low cost web services like Shopify and WooCommerce that, kind of bolt on easily to your website with all the bits you need in there to sell your products and even take payments and send out receipts. All you need to do is upload your product images, upload your descriptions, and you're done. Now, even if you don't upload all your products, just put your 20 best-selling items up there and make it easy for your clients to buy things from you, especially now that it's a little bit trickier for people to physically hang around and kind of browse your retail products in your salon or spa. Now, having the ability to sell your retail products online is only going to help you boost your promotions. And every one of these ideas that I'm about to share with you will be helped along. So quickly then, online promotions. So discounting, as you know, is not something that I generally recommend. So discounting retail items isn't going to cut it as one of my promo suggestions. However, packaging up your items is a great way to offer possibly a better price, possibly a higher price without actually discounting your products and your clients can potentially get more out of it too. So create a packaged winter skin rescue package or a relax into autumn relaxation bundle. You know, a package of your products sounds way more exciting and is much more marketable than just trying to promote a single individual product that people can buy all the time and from lots of different places. So packaging up your items also creates a unique selling offer. You know, now your clients have a reason to buy from you rather than from an online beauty product website or somewhere else like that. Now, another type of promotion you can do is where you offer incentives to people for spending certain amounts or buying certain packages or products from you. So you can create a rewards for retail campaign, or you can just have it running all the time. This is where you offer certain bonuses for your clients for purchasing certain things online. So let's say you have a package of products for £250, okay? You could incentivize people to up spend to that package by, let's say, including a treatment within the price as a bonus. Now, you need to do sums on this. Obviously don't offer a treatment that's going to obliterate the profit that you make from selling the products. You know, if you're not sure about this work on a maximum of about 20% of the retail value of the package that they're buying. Now, not only does this act as an incentive for the client to spend a little bit more online, but it also brings them into the salon or clinic for a treatment, giving you the opportunity to build a stronger connection with them, possibly gain a new client, Offer them your expertise, even sell them more by way of more treatments, additional services, more retail. Remember, you're always coming from a point of view of serving and helping them. Now, another re- great rewards for retail promotion is the voucher for retail purchase option. This is similar to the treatment bonus idea, but here what you do is you offer gift vouchers for the things that you sell. So be that treatments, be that services, or even more retail products. But here's the important part. You break the vouchers up into smaller amounts And you only allow your clients to use one of them at a time. So here's what I mean. Let's say you create a promotion where if a client spends £100 on retail products on your website, you'll give them £50 in vouchers. It's a pretty good incentive, right, for the client. But whoa, that's like £50 discount, isn't it? Doesn't that mean I'm going to make no money? Well, no, because what you do is you break those vouchers up into five £10 gift vouchers. So each one of those can only be used one at a time. Now that way, you pretty much guarantee yourself five additional purchases of either retail products or treatments or services, all of which require the client to add more money to it in order to purchase something. And again, it could gain you a new client or bring you in more service revenue as well. So those vouchers just generated you more money and more opportunity to wow your clients and help them. So next up, in-store promotions. Okay. Yeah, this got a bit trickier this year. I know that. Now, one of the best ways that I've always used to occasionally boost retail sales in a big way is to hold a product event or a problem event. You know the deal. You hold an event, you give taste treatments, you give product demos, you invite your clients, you sell tickets, you know, you offer some drinks and nibbles, you have a load of special offers that are only available at the event because, you know, scarcity equals sales. Uh, Yeah. Holding those events is kind of off the cards at the moment in most places. It's not impossible, but it's a bit difficult to hold in your salon or your clinic unless you happen to work in like a warehouse or an airplane hangar. But there's absolutely no reason why you can't still do these. But like everything else is doing these days, move it online. So just as where before you'd maybe devote a whole day or a whole afternoon in your salon to a product event, do the same online. You know, still have the balloons and the fun and the prizes and the posters and the excitement and the offers but just hold it all online instead of in your salon. Now, your job is just to know your clients. You know what they'd enjoy, what would make it fun, what would make people show up, and also what offers they'd best respond to. But just like with an in-store product or problem event, you'd often get some support from your product house in terms of maybe an expert from their sales team, maybe some marketing support, even some prizes or some samples to give away. Same thing here build that buzz just like you would for an in-person event, but hold it online and get your product suppliers involved as well. And another plus here is there's a lot less cleaning up to do afterwards. Finally, the not to be missed easiest way to boost your retail sales throughout the year is by getting organized and having promotions linked to the big gift giving or now ubiquitous online buying events that happen all throughout the year. You know, Christmas, obviously, just a big one around the corner. New Year's, Easter, other religious gift giving celebrations, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day too. You know, don't forget, men make up just under 30% of all beauty business revenue, and we tend to spend more in a single visit, too. So get organized. Have your promotions in place and ready to promote well ahead of each celebration to boost your sales. You know, the early bird catches the worm, as they say. Now don't forget. other online selling events that we've all been conditioned for too, you know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or is it Tuesday, Amazon Prime Day. Now, I know these are not typically days related to our industry, but with all the marketing going on, why not join the crowd and create your own promotions to take advantage of all the buzz that's going on? Okay, those are just a few ideas to get you started. So what's important is to make your promotions yours, you know, base it on a tried and tested idea by all means, but make what you do unique so only you can do it. And then create the buzz, involve your clients, involve your staff, your fans, your followers, your business partners, and make it easy for your clients to purchase your stuff and make it fun too. Now, where does social media fit into all this? Because I've hardly mentioned it yet. You know, can that help with your retail sales? Apps fricking lootly, but it comes with a great big word of caution because when it comes to business, technology should always come after figuring out your objectives, or whatever it is you want to achieve. And then your strategy, your outline plan to achieve whatever it is you want. Only after those two things are really clear and ideally written down, should technology be brought to the party. So it's like when every small business owner jumped onto Instagram a few years ago and then thought, "Uh, now what do we do? This Insta thingy wants a lot of pictures. We don't have a lot of pictures and we hate being on camera uh, and you can't even use links. See, lots of business owners at the time were lost. You know, most have since caught up, but they had to make then their strategy match the platform that they decided to use. So the technology that you use for your business, indeed, any technology, not just social media, should fit you and your business or the needs of you and your business first. You shouldn't jump through hoops to change what you do in order to fit your tech. So when it comes to social media tech, what you decide to use needs to fit you and the needs of your business, but also it needs to fit your clients and your potential clients or your audiences' needs too. You know, there's no point in you investing loads of time and effort creating amazing TikTok videos if literally none of your ideal clients are using TikTok. So here's a quick refresher: in what your customers, who are people, not just abstract numbers. You know, that's another mistake people make on social. Each one of those follower numbers, uh, when you log into your uh, social media account, is a living, breathing person. So what people want from any connections that they have on social media that they choose to have with a business. Okay. So number one, people connect with businesses online to hear about and take advantage of any promotions or discounts that they have on offer. Number two, they want to hear about the latest products that they might be interested in. Number three, in order to get access to customer service via a direct or public connection, or instant messaging, which is now perceived as the quickest and easiest way to get assistance. Number four, to be entertained by a brand or a business that they know or they love. And Number five, to give their feedback. Now, I bet as you were listening to those points in there, you were thinking, oh yeah, that's why I follow businesses. So you know it's true. Now it's worth keeping in mind that all these points, whenever you post anything on behalf of your business, you know, if a post is going to be successful and connects with people, it must tick one or more of these reasons. If it doesn't, and then don't bother with it. So now we're clear on why we actually have social media accounts for our business. Let's look at the platform, shall we? Now, there are zero star pupil points for guessing that the biggies here are Facebook and Instagram. You know, with a kajillion million billion members, Facebook is still the 600 pound gorilla in the room when it comes to social media. But the not so young, 10 years old now, the not so young upstart Instagram is very quickly taking over. So from a user's perspective, Facebook is now a little bit of a mess. You know, your personal feed, the basis of Facebook is so messed up by this infamous algorithm with posts from groups that you're in, you know, posts from brands and influencers that you follow, advert, sponsored posts, that chap in the local community group is always ranting about dog walkers not clearing up after their pets, you know. You hardly get to see any of the posts from your friends anymore, which is kind of the whole point you joined in the first place. And also who hasn't lost hours of their week, been taken down the Facebook video rabbit hole where you watch one video and then you end up watching seven more before you think I really should be doing something more interesting. Now, Instagram, on the other hand, is nice and clean. It's a lot more tranquil. It's a lot more predictable. It's a lot more peaceful. It's less bothersome. It's a much nicer place to consume your social media. So naturally, that's where a lot of eyeballs are going and subsequently businesses are following. Now, please do not take this as me saying, everyone abandon Facebook and move over to Instagram. Remember, the technology that you use should be right for you and for your audience. So Facebook might still be right for you. So back to retail. So objective first, this could be as simple as I want to sell more retail. I'd like you to be a bit more specific than that. So maybe set yourself a target that you want to hit. Okay. Listen to my goal setting podcast episodes if you want any help with this. Now, next strategy. Now, earlier on, I talked about promotions. Now, those are part of your strategy, as is your client-by-client recommendations that we covered a little bit earlier on in the episode. So you can create yourself more strategies if you want to, but if you've started to use these and they've started to actually get results, then let's not complicate things. Just use these two strategies. Now, that's actually the thing with social selling. There's no point in using the awesome power of social media if you haven't, first of all, proven your strategies work on a small scale among your own clients, both in-store and online or via your email or maybe your website. You know, the people on your email list or the people who are visiting you in-store are your best, warmest audience. You know, they know you, they like you, they hopefully trust you, at least more than someone who just stumbles across your Instagram account would anyway. So always test out your strategies and your promotions on your best clients first. You know, if something like a promotion doesn't work for them when they're already a customer, then it's unlikely to work for someone that doesn't even know you. So you've got your strategy, let's say it's your Christmas retail product promotions. So whatever you have decided to offer, if it's working well and it's getting interest and sales with your own clients, now let's bring social media into the mix. So you need to create your post to match your objective and your strategy. Okay. Remember to educate, remember to inspire, remember to entertain, and also keep in mind the five reasons that people follow your brand. So Facebook or Instagram, principle is the same, but the posts themselves should be very different. Remember, Instagram is far more about branding and connection. It's a little bit warmer. It's a little bit more geared towards having that real relationship with your followers, almost speaking to them one-to-one as if, you know, sat on a sofa on a party. Facebook is still a bit more broadcasty and people kind of accept that. And also remember that you can use clickable links in Facebook and you can't on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what most people think. You see, in Instagram now, you can put links in your images to tag products that you sell. And you can take people straight to your online store. Remember, we talked about this earlier on so people can actually you know, buy the stuff from you. So now you can create a fun, educational, or inspiring video for a product or a package. Talk about it on Instagram. And within that image or that video itself, place a clickable link to take people straight to that image on your store. Ka-ching! But you can't only post about the things that you want to sell or when you have a promotion. Otherwise, you'll find your follower numbers and your reach disappearing fast. You have to include other posts of value in amongst your selling and promotional posts. Now, I know it's a lot of effort, this social promotion thing, isn't it? But it doesn't need to be all that hard to come up with an entire month's posting schedule. And if you want some help with that, well, I might just have a solution for you. So I recognized a couple of years ago that beauty business owners really want all the benefits of using social media to get clients, to build connections, to fill appointment books, to sell products, to sell vouchers and provide an amazing service but they didn't really have the time to go and figure out something to post about all the time. So I created something called the Salon and Spa Social Simplifier. Now, this is something that's released every month and it includes all the key awareness days in the month, paying particular attention to the ones that you can tie in easily to your beauty business, including all the hashtags to use for maximum search and findability. It tells you what to post about, gives you ideas and texts for the posts themselves. It even makes sure that you're posting a variety of different things. So when you do promote post promotional content, it's well-received, people notice it, and they take action. So to find out more, just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash social. All the information you need is there. And what's more, you can try it out for a whole month for just $1. All your social posts sorted for the month, including your promotional ones, for one single dollar. Now, see what I did there? Did that feel awkward? Did that feel pushy or salesy? Well, I hope not, because just as I'm sharing with you, I wouldn't be doing my job in serving you if I didn't tell you about something that I have available for you to buy that might help you. You know, I'm not trying to twist your arm to buy the social simplifier. All I'm saying here is if you're a beauty business owner and you hate planning your social media posts or you find yourself constantly wondering what to post about, well, I have something that can help. It's up to you if you want to buy it. Okay, where were we? Oh, yeah. Facebook and Instagram. So they're different, but they're also the same in terms of the fact that they're both owned by Facebook. So that means it's possible to track people across those platforms, which is extremely powerful. Now, in case you didn't also know, Messenger and WhatsApp are also both owned by Facebook. And as these platforms are becoming more and more common as a method of quick communication for beauty business owners and for clients, as well to, you know, keep in touch with each other and also automate interactions using bots as well. So right now, even more than ever, it's really worth building your following on these platforms in a strong way, because mark my words, the data sharing between these two platforms are going to transform how we communicate online with our clients over the coming years. And given that more and more of our communications are online right now, because we're slightly limited in our real world interactions, this is going to be even bigger. Now I should say here, it's not all about the Facebook corporation of companies though. There are important, yes, but you should always use the technology that works best for you. Hmm, sounds familiar. So don't ignore the other platforms. You know, if they resonate with your clients, things like LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube, even Twitter, still, they're all great options to experiment with. Now, I couldn't finish up this social sales bit of the podcast without talking about paid advertising. Now, this is something that is increasingly becoming necessity if you as a business on social want to reach volumes of people. Now, I've seen my own business post on Facebook pages go from reaching thousands of people organically over the course of a few days to just a few hundred people in that same time period now. Now, I'm a huge advocate for using Facebook and Instagram ads, especially for beauty business owners. You know, that ability to laser focus your posts and your adverts at your ideal clients in your local area is unparalleled anywhere else. Now, I've got a whole section of my Beauty at Client Accumulator coaching program dedicated to it and showing you from scratch, how to set up an easy, high performing Facebook ad campaign without needing any web pages or any coding knowledge at all. See what I did there? But this is the very last piece of the puzzle. You know, get your retail sales strategies and promotions working in-house first, and then try using them online, using your own followers. And only then when you're seeing results from that, should you look at offering your hard earned money to the Facebook corporation. So that's it for Retail Week here on the podcast, at least. I hope you enjoyed it. I really hope this inspires you to take action and make retail a major part of your beauty business strategy once again. Now, if you want more, I've been posting videos explaining about all these topics all week on social media. So just check out my free Facebook group, Beauty Business Hackers, where I've organized all of these into a nice, easy-to-consume, Netflix-rivaling, binge-worthy collection for you to watch. And if you've loved this episode and retail is now a real goal for you, but it's actually more clients that you need right now, then how about you come and register for my three secrets to more clients workshop, where I will solve all your client getting challenges by sharing with you my three biggest secrets to getting all of the clients you need. All you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash secrets. you can register for free. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Indeed, I want to thank you for joining me for the past 99 episodes. You know, don't forget, if you haven't yet left me a rating for the podcast, how about you go and do that now in time for my 100th episode? Just head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts as it's called these days and leave me a quick rating by clicking on the stars. And if you have an extra moment or two, I'd love it if you could write me a review to let me know what you think of the show. Right. I will be back next week for the very first ever triple digits episode of the podcast. And if you want to be on it, well, you need to ask me a question and you'll need to ask me a question by going to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash question. Like I said, that will take you to my SpeakPipe page where you can simply record yourself asking your question and I will answer it next week. Don't forget to say who you are and where in the world you are asking your question from. Okay, I'll be back soon. See you next week.